As I mentioned uh, in the introduction, there's really two parts to the tefillah here. There's the fundamentals and there's the technicals. Fundamentals is going into the ideas behind tefillah, answering all the fundamental questions on tefillah. And then, to have a better understanding of what tefillah is about. And then, there's the technicals of going through the sitter. As I mentioned before, we're not ready for the sitter yet. We have a lot of building of general principles we need to do before we get to the sitter. But we will get to it in due time. In the uh, introductory shear, the first shear, I asked you guys to write a letter. And uh, as I mentioned, there is no right or wrong way to do this. Um, however, I would still like to discuss sort of the type of letter that you wrote and to try to explore perhaps some of the letters that some of the greats have written before us. So um, does anyone want to share, not necessarily the, the token, the content of your letter, you don't need to know, you know your private conversations with Hashem, but sort of like what the general gist of the letter was like. Shana al for this. Yeah. Request. Huh? Request. Request. How many of you had that in your letter? Requests. Yeah, that's a big one. You know, to ask Hashem for things that we need. Um, fair enough. Uh, anyone else? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, appreciation. Thanks for, uh, you know, for everything that Hashem has given us. Yes. Uh, a lot of just like thinking and like um, sort of processing and just like I'm trying to understand it. I don't know, like okay. those sort of things, like sort of writing out. Like philosophical sort of, like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did I just put that in your mouth? I'm saying like what? No, you know, I mean like sort of writing out like your thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, so... Not anything specific like thinking or asking, just like writing out my thoughts. Just, just, my just, got it. just out of curiosity, and by a show of hands, how many of you had a very easy time doing this? And how many of you had a very hard time doing this? Okay. As I mentioned, it uh, doesn't make you better or worse if you can, if you can do this well or not. Um, this is just something that I think it's a, sort of a good feel as to, as to where you're at in terms of being able to communicate your thoughts, and specifically to Hashem. So hopefully it's something we'll get, we'll get to work on more. But I would like to take an opportunity right now to visit some, some letters that others wrote. Now, these aren't letters, but these are more conversations or uh, tefillos that some of the greats that we base all of tefillah on um, have had. So this uh, conversation is based on a Gemara in Brachas. It starts on Lamed Aleph of the base, by the brackets. Vatidor neder, vatomer Hashem tzavakos. This is Chana talking. And it says, does anyone know who Chana was in Tanakh? She was the mother of? Shmuel. Very good. The mother of Shmuel. And... Um, this was talking about before she had Shmuel. Batidur neder, Batom Rashem Tzavakos. Om Rebbe Lazar, what was Chana saying? Miom Shabara Kadosh Baruch Hu From the day 
that Hashem created the world. There was no one who called Hashem that name, Tzavakos. Until Chana came, and called Hashem this name. So what was she saying? Chana was saying before Hashem, Ribbon Shalom, Mikol Tzivei Tzivakos, Shebarasa from all the thousands and thousands of stars that you created in your world, Kasha Beinecha Shetitin Li Benechad, is it so hard for you to give me one kid with all the unbelievable things that you created? Just one kid is all I ask. What's this comparable to? What parable is there for this? For a king, a regular king. Who made a big party for his slaves. So a poor person came up to the door and stood by the entrance. And he said to him, I'd like one slice of bread. And they didn't listen. They didn't give it to him. He pushed his way in. And entered into the king. And he said to him, My master, the king. From all the suda that you made here, all this unbelievable meal that you made here. Is it so hard for you to give me one piece of bread? This is what Hannah was saying to Hashem. She was arguing, Hashem, you made this unbelievable world. You're all capable. You definitely can do it. Am I really asking for that much? The Gemara continues. I'm just going to take snippets of the conversation. Imra Tireh. What is this referring to? Amr Rebbe Lazar. Amr Chana Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Chana said before Hashem, Ribonu Shalolam. Imra if you hear what I'm saying, if you see fit to do what I ask, mutaf, then it's good. Vim lav, and if not, tira, you will see. Eilech there b'fnei al-Kanabali. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go seclude myself with another man while I'm married to my husband al-Kana. Vekiva and the rule is, when somebody secludes themselves with another man, mashkuli mesota, they're going to force me to drink the special water of the sota. Viata oset plester, and you can't make your Torah into a lie, because it says in the Torah, vini kisa, if she's innocent, then is razera, she'll have a kid. So that means that she is essentially, what was the word used? Yeah, that's really rough. Chana is the example. If you were to pick two personalities that we try to mimic and base our tefillah on, it's Chana and Moshe. These two. I ask you a question. Does anyone's letter sound like this? No. Okay? Go a little further down to the next brackets. We'll talk about why. It's probably a good thing, but <coughs> I'm definitely not trying to get you to threaten God. So, the Chana he Chana spoke 
about al liba. What does that mean? Amr Reb Lezer, Mishum Reb Yosi Ben Zimra, al iske liba Amr Lefanav. She was talking about her liba, Ribona Shalolam, Kol Mashibarasa Beisha. Everything you created in a woman, Lo Barasa Dabar Echad Vatala. You didn't create anything for nothing. Einayim liros, eyes to see. Aznayim l'shmoa, ears to hear. Chotim l'hariach, a nose to smell. Peladaber, a mouth to speak. Yodayim l'asos b'melacha, hands to do work. Raglayim l'halich b'hen, legs to walk. Dodim l'hanik b'hen, a chest in order to nurse a baby. I ask you, Hashem, Dodim halalu shinasata alibi, the chest that you gave me. Lama, 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 why'd you give it to me? Lo lahanik bahen, didn't you give me them in order to nurse? Ten li ben vahanik bahen. Give me a son and I will be able to nurse. I know what you're thinking. Can't bring a raya from one person. It's just Khan. Let's turn the page. <coughs> <clears throat> so the Gemara continues. Brings another example from Moshe Rabbeinu in the middle of the page. Hashem says, Leave me. I will let off my anger at them. And I will destroy them. And I will make you into a great nation. Hashem talking to Moshe. Amr Rabbi Yavo, Rabbi Yavo says, Ilmale mikra kasuv If not for the fact that the Torah wrote it, we would never be able to say it. What do we learn from this Malamik? We learn, Shetafsu Moshe Lakadosh Baruch. That Moshe grabbed Hashem. Ka'adam shutofes ischavero. Like a person grabs his friend. Bibigdo with his clothes. Va'amal afanavan says, Ribonu shalolam. Ein ani manichacha. I will not leave you alone. Until you forgive the Jewish people. And forgive them. A little further ahead. I'll just read a little bit more. This comes to teach us. Until he made him sick. Let's go further. Zachor, Avram Yitzchak Yisrael. Remember Avram Yitzchak in Yisrael. Avadecha. Shenishpatelim Bach. What's Bach? My Bach. Amr Rebbe Lozer. Amr Moshe Lefnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Rebbe Shalom. Il Moli Nishpatelim B'Shemayim Uvaretz. If you would have just sworn to the Jewish people through heavens and earth, Ayisi Omer, I would say, Keshem Shemayim Uvaretz Petelim. Just like heavens and earth will one day disappear, Kach Shuvaska Petelim. So too will your will your will your your shvua, your oath disappear. However, but you swore to the Jewish people on your name. Just like your name will last forever. One more, Gemara. Once again, Moshe 
taking it to Hashem. Wait for this one. But you say, okay, the difference between Moshe and Hana. He didn't rank on God, right? At least. They will say, you are incapable, God. What is this referring to? It should say, Hashem, they will say, you are not capable. Say it in a male terminology. Yachol. Why yacholes? Amr Rabbi Lazar. Amr Moshe Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch you know what the nations of the world are going to say? Look at this God. He's as weak as a female. Rank. And he can't save the Jewish people. Look, this weak God, he can't save the Jewish people. So Hashem said back to Moshe, didn't they see what I did by Kriyas Yamsov? Amr Lefanov, Ribonushal, Adayin Yeshlem Lomar, they could say, Lemelech Echod Yacholamo, that you were able to stand in front of one king, Paro, Lashloshim Echod Malachim in Yacholamo, the 31, he couldn't. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Minayin Shachazar Kodesh Baruch Vahodalo. How do we know that Hashem backtracked? And admitted and agreed to Moshe, Shinemar, because it says in the Pasik, which we're gonna say in Ritushem, we start saying Slichos, Vayomer Hashem, Salahdi, Kidvarech. I forgive like you said, like you insisted. In the future, the nations of the world will say, Ashre Talmid Shirabo Modalo. Praiseworthy is the Talmud, is the student that his Rebbe admitted to him. What else does it say about Moshe Rabbeinu and this relationship with Hashem? This comes to teach us. You know what Hashem said to Moshe after all this? After all this, Moshe really fighting with Hashem. From beginning to end, you would expect Moshe to really get it. What did Hashem say? You brought me to life with your words. Chana faces a challenge. Chana doesn't just sit there. Chana doesn't just say to Hashem, it's all for the best, whatever you'd like. Thank you for everything you've done for me. What does Chana do? Chana goes at it. Chana goes at it. Chana goes at Hashem. She insists. She persists. She even threatens. Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem knows what's best, doesn't he? So, Hashem, you want to destroy them? If that is your will, O God of mine, please go ahead and destroy them. That is not what Moshe does. Moshe fights. Moshe argues. Moshe insists. Moshe holds on to Hashem and says, I'm not letting you go. I'm not allowing this to happen. In fact, if you look throughout almost all of the chilos of the tzaddikim and the gedolim, as quoted in the Gemara and in Navi, you will find, and you will get frustrated because it will sound 
Like they are almost acting to God in a chutzpahic way. Why is this okay? Why is it that we see that these are the kinds of tefillos that they had, but yet our tefillos don't even resemble this in any way whatsoever? Why do you think that is? Yeah. Um, that like, when you're, it shows like, you really, really, really want it. And like, maybe like when you're asking God for like a crazy big miracle for you, you gotta, you gotta really, really want it. And also, answer the same question about like, why are those aren't this way? Because maybe like, Hazal do that like, we're not at the level where we can say that with sincerity and we would be let off to the wrong path. So let, let's state an obvious Why difference. Let, 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 let's state an obvious difference. An obvious difference, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that they were greater. And there's no doubt that they knew that the things they were asking for were, they weren't exactly asking for a Ferrari. You know what I mean? They weren't exactly asking for things that had nothing to do with their growth. Uh, they were asking for things that they thought would be beneficial. But still the question remains, even so, even so, even if they thought, even if they were great, even if they knew, how do you speak to Hashem like that? I, if you asked me, if you compared the tefillah that any of you wrote in your letter and the tefillah that I would have given versus the tefillah of Hannah and Moshe, I definitely would have said that the more appropriate tefillah would be mine. Not the, not the tefillah of Hannah and Moshe. So what's the difference between the two? I want to leave the chutzpah aspect aside because, again, as you said, we're not on the same level. But there is something I want to bring out here that I think is lesson number one in tefillah. I know what the difference, and I speak for myself, and I probably speak for most, if not all of you. You know what the difference between Chana, Moshe, and us is? It's not just that they're tzaddikim and we're not. The difference is, is that to us, God is the fairy tale godmother. He's this tooth fairy that exists somewhere in the universe that is involved in my life in some capacity, I guess. He created me. I appreciate him for what he's given me. I ask him for things that I need. <coughs> But I don't see God as the one-stop shop. I don't see God as the be-all and end-all. I don't see God that if I don't get Him, if I don't sway Him, if I don't change His mind, then it's not going to happen. You know, when we need a raise, when we need to make more money, what do we do? We go to our boss. We work harder, and yeah, we probably throw in a tefillah during Shema Koleinu or during Barei Koleinu, an official, forgive my terminology, Hail Mary, an official little something, I probably shouldn't say that, an official something <laughs> to throw it in there like, yeah, God, you know, have me in mind. But what's really going to make the change in terms of me getting that race? It's going to be... Me working extra hard. It's going to be me being good buddies with my boss. Now, certainly that's a shtatlus. You are supposed to work hard. You are supposed to try to sway your boss. But the tefillah Tashem 
is sort of... Now, I know you all think it's, it's important, but let's just be real. We don't see it as really that all important. We don't see it that he holds the keys, and only he holds the keys. And everything that we do other than that is sort of like a tanai, a condition, that we have to do, Hishtad, Hashem wants to do it in the world, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to one thing. Does Hashem want this or not? You know what the difference between us and Moshe and Chana? It's not just that they were tzaddikim. It's not what it was. But because they were tzaddikim, they knew that there was nothing else that mattered. They knew that when it's Saturday night and I want to go out to town and my father told me on Thursday that he would give me the car keys on Saturday night to go out with my friends <coughs> and then Saturday night suddenly my dad tells me, hey listen, I changed my mind. I'm not giving you the car. I know that my night is going to be ruined unless I use whatever argument I could possibly use in order to win my father over and give me those keys. That's obvious to us. But is it obvious to us that Hashem is the only one that matters? Not so much. Hashem's this idea. Hashem's this concept. Hashem's this fairy tale that we know in our minds exists but it's not something we see as something that we have to really like attack and something we really have to work on and something we really have to build a relationship with and try our best to get him on our side. And this idea is presented by Rabbi Nachman in an unbelievable way. Take a look. what he says in Simon Samachtes in Sikh Saran. Zamru l'mi shemenatzken oso v'sameach. Sing out to the one who is overcome and is happy that he was overcome. Ki tzrichin l'natzeach oso yisbarak kibiyachol says Rabbi Nachman. You need to defeat Hashem. You need to beat him, not beat him physically, to overcome him, to win him. Because even though it seems to a, to a person, even if it seems to a person, Hashem has, wants to have nothing to do with you, because you've done a lot of Averos. And even now you're not really being that great. Even so, person has to strengthen himself. And literally spread himself out before Hashem and raise his hands to God. That he should have mercy on him. And bring him close. I want to be a Jew. I'm not going to let you say no. That a person who wants to defeat Hashem, Hashem is Baruch Yeshlo Simcha Mizeh. And Hashem is happy. Hashem wants us to go out there and argue with Him. He wants us to go ahead and try to make a difference. Tibiyachal. And it continues in Ayin. I'll just read a little part of it. Anuva Amar. Hayitakein sh'anu manichin as Hashem is Baruch. Sh'yasib yashav likzor gzeras po'olam. 
Does Hashem want? Is it okay for us to just sit there and let Hashem make decrees against us? Ki nishma in gzeros al Yisrael because at that time that Rabbi Nachman was talking, there were terrible decrees from the Gaim against the Jewish people. Says Rabbi Nachman, We need to call to him, Me'asaka, from his dealings, Shu'osik when he's dealing with any decree. The Kayote Chasrom, I think similar to that. We need to call him away from that. That he should turn away from that and turn to us. Because we want to talk to him. To request from him to bring us close. And then he goes on to say that even if one Jew calls out to Hashem while he's making a decree, turn away from that decree to hear what that Jew has to say. (coughs) This sounds like a very bizarre concept. Because this brings to the front, to the to the front, one of the most fundamental questions on tefillah, which is, if Hashem knows what's best for me, why would I argue with Him? Fair question. If Hashem knows what's good for me, won't Hashem? Want to give that to me? Why do I have to argue with him? Why should I fight him? Why should I beg and plead and argue with Hashem? If at the end of the day, he knows what's best. Rabbi Sai, this is one of the most fundamental principles in tefillah, and it's a hard thing to swallow, but you need to hear it. Sometimes, Hashem will create challenges for us. And sometimes He will withhold things that are meant to come to us in order so that we should be misfiled. And the reason Hashem does that is because the whole purpose of your life is to build a relationship with Him. And if we don't have needs, there's no reason to reach out. What comes out is something crazy. If we are in a terrible situation and we don't call out to Hashem and something happens that is negative, it could be because that's what was meant to be. Or it could be because you didn't take the opportunity to fight for it. It's like the old story of the guy who's drowning. And a helicopter comes and he says, I don't need you. I trust in God. And a boat comes. He says, I don't need you. I trust in God. And then he goes underwater and he dies. And he goes up to heaven. And he says to Hashem, Hashem, I had faith in you that you were going to save me. And Hashem said, yeah. I did. I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat. It's the same idea. Hashem gives us challenges. We're put in situations But Hashem wants us to grab onto that lifeline. What's that lifeline? That lifeline is tefillah. The Chazon Ish calls tefillah the Iker Hishtad L'Shaladav. It's the main effort of a human being. More than work. More than college. More than your boss. 
That's true. That's also ishtadlus. You need that too. But tefillah is a thing that can make a change. A thing that can make a difference. And one of my goals in this year is to show you how. And why. And how that works. How tefillah can actually change things. And how to daven in a certain way in order to make those changes. We'll talk about that later. But right now you have to understand one thing. Hashem does not want to be your fairy tale godmother. He doesn't want a theoretical relationship. He wants a real one. This is something that you do not learn in school. Because you're told the way you talk to Hashem is by reading a sitter. And you have this book, and you read the right words, and you close it, and you move on with your day. Unfortunately, the way we connect to the sitter today, that's how it is. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not at all what Chazal intended. I hope to show you over the next several months what Chazal really intended. But in the meantime, we need to start from scratch. And we need to recognize that if we are going to improve our tefillah, we need to start by working on our relationship with Hashem and making it more real. If you do not work on your relationship with God, if you do not try to make it real, then I can teach you the meaning of every single tefillah in the sitter. It's not going to make a kihuzed difference. Because at the end of the day, I can give you all the flowers in the world, but if you don't love your wife, and you don't want to have a relationship with your wife, and you don't want to work on that relationship to make it better, no roses are going to fix that relationship. The roses are a weapon that you have that needs to be accompanied by a real desire for a relationship. You know what? Why does Hashem want you to argue with Him? Maybe Hashem should say, what do you mean? Who are you to argue with me? Because you know what Hashem wants? He wants you to connect. He knows. Like in Gemara. If the rabbi could just stand up there and he could tell you everything the Gemara says and you could be done. What's Kishmak about the Gemara? When you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out and you're fighting with your Harusa, that's what brings you close. Hashem wants you to fight it. Obviously, knowing in the back of your head that the thing that you're asking for, if it's really Hashem's will that it not come to you, then you don't want it. But Hashem wants you to be passionate Maybe for us, not chutzpahdik, but passionate about him. Passionate about what we're asking for. Because when we're passionate about what we're asking for, you know what that means? That means that he knows that to us, he's not the fairy tale godmother. He's real. And we see him as something real in our life. And so one of the things I'm going to challenge you to do <coughs> is I'm going to challenge you in your tefillah. Maybe in your Shemon Asrei. Or maybe for a few minutes during the day, sometime over the next week, to try to have, to look at your dominant, to look at your conversation, five minutes that you're going to have before you go to sleep. Or in the base mattress, you're going to put your head down because you're taking a break from Gemara and talk to Hashem for a few minutes. But stop talking to Him as this angel in heaven that's watching over you. And start talking to Him like He's standing right next to you. And he can actually help you with things that you need in your life. We all have things we're suffering from. We all have things we're struggling over. Why are we keeping it bottled up inside when we have someone right next to us that can help us? 
right inside of us that can help us. You know why? Because we don't really believe that's true. <coughs> and that's the difference between us and Moshe. That's the difference between us and Khan. But, if we want our feel to improve, we need to start to work on that. Okay, Rabbi, until tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <coughs>